Put me in order. Roll call. Hey, Mayor Westergaard. Yes. Muller. Yes. Tom. Yes. Boltman. Yes. Reese. Yes. Councilor Steinkamp will be absent this evening. I can assume there's no one for public forum. <laughs> Consent agenda. Motion to approve. So moved. Second. Second. Roll call. Moeller. Yes. Boltman. Yes. Reese. Yes. Tom. Yes. Okay, we have a building permit from Brian Woodkey. We'll need a motion to approve. So moved. Yeah. I'll second it. Roll call. Waltman. <coughs> yes. Reese. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Tom. Yes. Okay, we have another building permit from Jennifer Reeder. It's just an amendment onto her existing permit. She'll be adding an additional 7 by 24 addition onto the original part of the old house on, on the north end. So Re moved. Replaces second. what was a deck. I'll second it. Roll call. <coughs> Moeller. Yes. Don. Yes. Boltman. Yes. Reese. Yes. We're going to open the public hearing on the proposed rezoning. Um, we've all been through this before. Uh, if you'd like to speak, get up to the podium, say your name. Try not to make it more than two minutes because we're not going to spend all night here. We've all heard it. So. Okay, before Mayor, just want to officially acknowledge that we received three uh, written comments. The uh, written comments were from. These were in our packet, correct? They're in the packet, yeah. David Kroll, John Adair, and Torsten Adair. Who would like to be first? You bet. My name is John Krejcik. I'm one of the Lakewood partner owners. And uh, they were talking before on the zoning deal about this keyhole. And I bought a, I recently purchased a house just down from the Lakewood, which was uh, Gray Sheckinger's place. And uh, I have no intentions of tearing that house down. I'm going to remodel and build it bigger yet. Um, so I just don't let everybody know that uh, I'm, I'm not tearing it down to have lake access for if we build condos on the south part of the uh, property if it gets rezoned. Um, there, we're, I'm not tearing it down to make any kind of lake access. So I just like to clarify that to everybody here. Thank you. Thank you. Next. My name is Greg Seaman. I'm a lawyer from Carroll, and I represent a group of property owners around the Lakewood uh, ballroom area. Now, uh, are we considering right now the, the, the both the zoning on the north side of the Lakewood and the south side of the Lakewood, or are we considering them separately? I'd like to consider this a joint public hearing on both of the issues. Okay, we'll do public hearing on both of them. Okay, very fine, sir. And I already spoke extensively as to the zoning on the north side of the building, but I'll be brief in my comments about that. The, uh, the zoning requested for the north side of that building is that it changed from present what it is presently, and everything north of the building, when you go by that building, north is presently zoned R3. Also, on the east side of that building to the property line is also zoned R3. Now, the zoning proposed is a change to commercial with the intended purpose of the storage of boat hoists, uh, 
I assume boats, trailers, because in RVs, that's what's there. That 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 is what there is there now. Now, the commercial zoning, as defined by your zoning ordinances, presently in effect, describe what is a proper commercially zoned area and the permitted uses. And I uh, describe those uses from out of your. Uh, uh, zoning ordinance as it exists right now the principal permitted uses in a commercial area and there are 18 separate ones but I'll just enunciate a few of them because I know that my time's limited retail stores, office or storage buildings, banks or financial institutions, insurance agencies and attorney's offices taverns or restaurants, personal barbershops, beauty parlors that type of usage. Now your, the usage that these gentlemen intend to put that property is contained within your zoning ordinances, but it's an industrial use. The storage and warehousing of fabricated objects is an industrial use. They, what, they, what they want to do is have it changed to commercial, but that's not really what their intended use of that property. Their intended use of that property is described in your zoning ordinance as an industrial use. Uh, if that were to happen, that's illegal, that's, and that were zoned commercial or industrial, under Iowa law, that would be illegal spot zoning. Now, why are people concerned about that? Because your zoning ordinances also speak to the protection of property values. Your primary uh, the primary purpose of purpose of your whole comprehensive plan and zoning ordinance is to protect the water quality of Blackhawk Lake. But look what you've got around that lake now. You've got expensive permanent residence. You've got beautiful homes. The lake is a gym. And uh, the, the zoning ordinances themselves speak in terms of protection from noise, dust, and we know that the storage of board, boat hoists involves heavy equipment and all that intended uh, business. But it also is disturbs the visual atmosphere of the whole neighborhood because boat hoists are, are, are not an office building, boat hoists are not a restaurant, boat hoists are not a clinic, boat hoists are not a church or a residence. Stor the storage of boat hoists is analogous to a salvage yard. And, and we all know that if you drive by a place that stores boat hoists, about 10% of them never leave during the summer season. They're there all the time. If you go by there right now, I maintain that, that what is being done on that property right now is in non-compliance with, certainly, with R3 north of the building and certainly in non-compliance with commercial even on the south side of the building. I go by there tonight. There's boat trailers there. There's RVs in storage. There's, uh, there's boats there. And that, in my opinion, is not a permitted use under either commercial or certainly R3. Now, a, a companion to this uh, zoning request is to change the area south of the Lakewood Ballroom to commercial, or from commercial to R3. 
Now the fear there is, and that's a whole different problem. I'm not even going to mention keyholding because I think it's premature to even talk about keyholding. The problem there is the congestion in the area. This is a heavily congested area. The residents told me that there was that the the roadways were practically impassable over the Fourth of July weekend, over the summer carnival uh, that you just had last weekend. This weekend, it's, the temperatures are supposed to be over 90 degrees. People will flock to this lake, and we'll have another problem with congestion in that area right now without the construction of any four-plex, six-plex, or eight-plex multifamily condominiums. Question, where are they going to park if that should occur? That's just overloading the area. And you can't tell me that that won't adversely affect property values, and you can't tell me that that won't adversely affect people's peaceful enjoyment of their property. Bear in mind, the residents were there first. Just because somebody paid money to, to purchase the land, that the Lakewood Ballroom, and the area around it, doesn't mean that they have more rights than the people who are already there. The investment's already been made by many of those residents, and we've got to respect that. So, uh, I can't think that it would do a bit of good. In fact, the group I represent will be appearing in front of us, will be going on the agenda for planning and zoning, and we are going to ask ourselves for a change in the zoning of the area south of the Lakewood from <coughs> commercial, as it's presently zoned, not to R3 for a overloaded condominium development, but to R2 or possibly a new designation if the comprehensive plan and, and the council adopts that of R1 single family dwellings because then you've developed that area where what with what should be developed there residential housing and if you can provide a driveway and a double garage you've provided six parking spaces and a lot of the congestion problem goes away any questions? I've taken too much time, and I apologize, but I wanted to say what I said. I'll be happy to answer any questions. So is this no, going back to PMZ then, or what? No. This, uh, so the, the Planning and Zoning has, has acted on the, on the first rezoning request. The first rezoning request is from Ryback. To rezone the north part and the east part from R3 to commercial. Now, the planning and zoning has uh, taken a recommendation on that, and the recommendation would be that it not be granted. Um, the the second one from from Lakewood Partners really is a contingent rezoning request that they would only ask that that rezoning request would go forward if the first one is also uh, would also be approved. <coughs> Knowing that it got uh, a recommendation not to approve uh, from the planning and zoning, the planning and zoning did on the second request technically is to table, and uh, so there wouldn't be any action on the second one tonight. And conceivably, if it wouldn't pass, it could be withdrawn. You bet, Scott. 
So I get everybody's here to start with, but the council wasn't. So Scott Lyon, I represent Lakewood Partners. I'm one of the owners. Um, I guess in talking on the condominiums to see our intentions, do we have a development plan yet? No. But our intention is not to build an eightplex. The four, maybe six, maybe townhomes, separate buildings. We, uh, in our contract with Ryback, we have a 25-foot easement on the north side of our property, or south side of his property, so we have access. Our intent is to put the garages behind, so street side of the whole development looks really good. The parking of our residence will be on the back side. That's our initial intent of how we want to develop it. We have a, no plans on it right now, but that's our mind. Um, we sold to Ryback, that was our intent. That's why we got 25 foot easement for our people we would sell our property to in the condos or townhomes, whatever we have developed. Their access is going to be through the back side of the property to keep the garages on the back side. Just to make, we know there's really nice houses south and west, the whole way around there. And so we want that to look good and make the lake better. Uh, right now it's gravel and weeds. We felt townhomes or condominiums also taxable for the city. We had an immense improvement for the city on that part. So that's our part on our request of why we want to know. Whether R2 or R3, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know the different zoning R2. R2 is just a single family dwelling. That allows for duplexes in R3. It duplexes. For, for duplexes. So, you know, like I said, we don't, we're not going to do an eightplex. Uh, our intent is to build them for sale, not for rent, is our intent. That's a big point. So, just want to make a clarification on how that is going to look. So, it isn't, the street is congested. I agree. Pretty much probably 90% of the residents that live right there park on my property and John's property. And that's not our fault. We've let that happen for 10 years. We've owned the property for 10 years. And we're fine with that. But I just, you know, that, that will change if we do develop. It's going to be someone else's property. But that's not going to stop any of the congestion that's there right now, one way or the other. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Anyone else? Jim, did you want to say something or let it go? <clears throat> well, I might not. Sure, everybody here knows me. I'm Jim Garles. I'm Blackhawk Marine. My wife and I, Lisa. Um, I know we're talking about uh, commercial property, storm boat lifts. I get their issue. I had that issue before when we were at Provost. We didn't have any place but boat lifts. We were congested out there. We rented some property on the north side of the lake. Some people at, uh, I believe, the trailer park uh, complained about lifts sitting back there. Instead of blocking the view of the lake, but I don't know how blocking anybody's view back there, but they're behind houses. Um, so we took the initiative to spend a lot of money to buy 11 acres of ground. What was basically farm ground. It was farm ground. It was bean field, corn field, whatever it was at the time. The guy that sold it to us is the only guy affected by our boat left sitting in the property. It's not in the middle of commercial property. It was in a field. Anything that come after that, that's out there now, we were there first. We spent a lot of money on land and developed it into our business to store boat lifts. And turning back here is right. I guarantee I got at least 30 boat lifts sitting out there year-round, try and keep a moat around him, which is a challenge when you're busy, but we get it done. 
Um, we try to keep them in an organized fashion. We got lots of boats sitting around, lots of trailers sitting around, but they're all customer stuffs in a fenced-in area. Um, but you know, this zoning thing um, needs to be looked at. You know, if we're in not in compliance of com you know commercial zoning, you zone my property to commercial, right? Yeah, my, yeah, my contention. It's yeah, appropriate. right. Um, that's what the city gave me as a zoning ordinance, and they knew exactly what I was doing with the property. Um, didn't affect any residents. The hotel and the restaurant, I'm pretty sure wouldn't be there today if we wouldn't have moved out there. We're the ones that got the Clawson family to split the property up. The other members of the family didn't want to split it. They'd still be farm ground yet. So, if you need to rezone your commercial thing, I'd be glad to change it to whatever you want. Make me in compliance, but um, felt like I was getting thrown into the bus with a boat lift story saying on a commercial property. So I just want to get that point straight. Thanks. We're glad you're there, Jim. Yeah. Thank you. I, I do have a question. So, yeah. in these other communities, when you're talking industrial, Okaboji, Clear Lake, whatever, are they zoned industrial where their boat lifts are stored? <coughs> I'll speak to that. I have, I have a boat lift that's stored off of West Lake Okoboji. Is that it industrial? Is, I, I couldn't tell you how it's uh, zoned. That's it's, my it's, question. It's not Spirit Lake, the community. It's Dickinson County. We're in the county area on on the west side of West Lake Okoboji. Now, I can tell you that it is. they've got a lot of conservation easements around that lake. It's not stored on farm ground per se, but it's stored about a half a mile away from the lake and it's stored on what I would describe as grassland, permanent grassland. Yeah, our boat lifts. Well, my question is the zoning. I want to know what it, you know, my question is zoning. If, if, if it's industrial in Lakeview, is it industrial at Clear Lake? Is it industrial at Okaboji? Couldn't tell you. I don't know. I just know what What's your zoning ordinance. We'll I know what your zoning ordinance says. I would say the, most of these zoning ordinances come out of model statutes because they need to help, you know, right. it's impossible for just right. us to draw up these things. Right. So I would think that the definitions of commercial, the definitions of industrial would be similar everywhere. You know, because these are pattern laws. Right. Okay. It, it, I hope Thank I answered you. your question. Yeah, you Thank you. Have. I, I got in the last meeting a little late, but hey, what's your opinion on the political issues in Well, I think Mr. Garland brought up a good example. Uh, historically, the city has considered uh, certain boat boys uh, permissible use in a uh, commercial district. And uh, when, when the cases come down about that, they have the list of permissible uses. They also have lists of non-permissible uses. And the courts are always careful to reflect that uh, those are not exhaustive lists. What they look for more thoroughly is uh, the historical use of by the city of the classification of the zoning, with the idea that the people can then start to rely upon the zoning that's there in order to make their uh, use decisions and their investment decisions. So uh, even if another city says it's an industrial use, in this particular city, we may be permitting uses within a zoning district that another city would do that, and vice versa. So it's a local, it's a local law, it's a local control of how you, your city wants to uh, be developed. And uh, 
the overarching, I call it like the constitution for a city, is the comprehensive plan. And if the city is going to make changes to the comprehensive or to their use of their land within that city limits, then you start with the comprehensive plan, and that's an exhaustive process whereby the citizens have an input about that, and then we come up with the, what the future is going to look like. But you can't go back and retroactively uh, reclassify properties, uh, otherwise it would first of all it'd be a riot. But second of all, uh, I don't that would be a taking by the city, uh, and uh, I don't think the courts would allow the use of eminent domain to deprive people of their property rights without uh, just compensation. So that's my opinion. Anybody else before we close the public hearing? I take it, Mary, you'd like to speak? Mayor, you know I always do. Yes, you do. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Mary Ludwig, and the I want to share with um, Dave and Terry, uh, Vicki and Tammy, they were here for the planning and zoning meeting. Um, but when the, when the attorney, Greg, um, presented the information that you just heard, um, as a PNZ uh, commissioner, I wanted to know kind of what the consensus was within the room because there's, there's a lot of folks here and, and I don't know them, uh, most of them personally. So I asked for a, a raise of hands, a show of hands of how many people were um, in favor of keeping the uh, property to be um, commercial and allow for boat hoist storage and boat um, trailers, etc., and 26 individuals raised their hands um, in opposition of um, the use of the property as it is currently being, being used. So there was a, a majority of support um, to see this property used in a way that makes sense for the neighborhood. Um, I think you all remember, you know, folks that have been here in Lakeview a long time, that that area has been residential with just a you know, the restaurant operating there. And then when it was um, purchased by the Lakewood Partners, the dynamics early on was storage just inside the building and there was nothing on the, on the outside for a period of time. And that has changed or creeped out over the years, which has changed the dynamic of how it appeals to that neighborhood. And, you know, looking for a way to, to really make this right. Um, I think we know what the right thing to do is, and that's to have a residential area, which we need in our community, which has been identified by uh, many of you as an issue and concern, um, given the comprehensive plan that we're working on, the housing committee that Vicki serves on, we know we need housing. So allowing this primary residential area to be used um, for a commercial use, it just seems wrong. Any questions for me? Thank you. Go ahead. I told the P&Z Commission this too. Um, in our agreement with Ryback, when we sold the property, we have a pre-existing agreement. Ours was, if, and not that we wanted this attend, but if he doesn't get rezoned, he gets the commercial property on the south side, and we'll swap him 1.1 acres to the north side, which is still R3. And he would get the commercial property that's existing right now as commercial property. Um, that's in our agreement. It's a legal document. We can't change that. 
So based on vote tonight, if it stays R3, he's going to have the south side, we're going to have the north side as Lakewood partners. And then our intent, as far as condos, is a little difficult there because it's four or five foot underneath the road, that area. It's, it'd take an extensive development. Pre, you know, the infrastructure would be extensively, and the infrastructure isn't on that north side like it is on the south side. So that would maybe change our intent of what we're doing with the north side of the property. Just if we, if that, if that happens, because it's it's 45 days after this vote, it swaps hands. Just just want to make sure that all the council knew what our pre-existing conditions are and commitment is. So, thank you. Bob. I'm Bob Kelly. I uh, was an employee and owner of Shamrock Boat Sales for 45 years. And everybody in this room could have had the opportunity to buy Lakewood. It just so happened that Jeff and Jesse bought it to improve their business. And they did it the right way because that's the way the land is zoned, commercial. And everybody had a chance here to buy that, but nobody stepped up to the plate. Um, I don't want to see this turn into a situation where people go after their customer base because of this whole hullabaloo. They're a good company. And I, Paul and I worked our butts off building that company. So that's what I got to say. Thanks, Bob. If there's no more input, we'll close the public hearing. Well, go ahead. Actually, I would like to talk. I'm Becky Manning. I actually live in a docket condo. Yes, it's a condo. But it's been there since 1985. I live there year-round, and I have for the past 11 years. Okay. I have lived there for the past 11 years, year-round. I am a nurse. I work nights. I sleep during the day. Lakewood has been a very quiet piece of property. I really have no objection to it becoming a sales for boats and a nice showroom, but for it to become a storage place for boats, for lifts, to start having all of this equipment moving around, the beeping noise, which is going to be the beep, 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 beep on the backup that we hear from out here at the concrete plant constantly when you come up here and try to take a nice stroll around the bay, that is very disruptive. I can't imagine what it would do to our neighborhood out there. Not only by storing all of these lifts and these boat trailers and these boats out there, if they're not properly gated and fenced in, we're going to create a very 
dangerous situation for our children. Children wander. Children like to explore. Children are going to climb in these boats. Children are going to climb on those lifts because you are in very close proximity to residential. You're not three blocks. You're across the street. <coughs> now that is very, very concerning to me and I'm sure to all of us in the neighborhood. And yes, if the property is not kept upright, it will bring our property values down. Will it bring our taxes down? Probably not because the tax rate just goes up to compensate. And there is quite a bit of tax money that does come in from that neighborhood. It pays a lot towards the city. I, I would like to see things actually be very peaceful. I'd love to see Jeff be able to have a beautiful business there, but not a storage area, because that would not do anybody any good. He would end up having complaints constantly. He would end up having the liability. What if someone's child gets over there and is climbing around on one of those lifts and gets entangled in the cables and gets hung? Now, that would not be a good situation, would it? We certainly don't want to put our community into something like that, do we? So that's a huge question right there. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Just for the record, the city lowered the tax levy this year, in case you didn't read it in the paper. <coughs> I, I, have a <laughs> I have a question, just taking a page from the previous meeting. How many people here knew in advance that that property was for sale before it was for sale? No one. No one knew? No one knew it was for sale. Did you know it was only commercial? Did you know you were living next to a commercial district? Yeah. Okay. We know that we used to live next to a restaurant. It's been a storage facility for a long time. Inside. 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 I understand that, but I'm just. The best side of our side of the property for 10 years, inside outside storage. Inside, yeah. Anybody else? Would you please step up to the podium so we can hear you? Tracy Waldorf, 437 and 433. We've been there about 25 years, I think, overall. And, you know, um, and like people said, I think the neighborhood has put a lot of money, time and money into this area. And it's a very nice neighborhood. And yes, it was a happening business when we first moved up there, but we weren't permanent residents like we are now. And I think most of the people that live around there are now permanent residents. And the question was asked earlier, would you want this in your backyard? I don't think you would. And there is a huge safety concern, if you ask me. You know, I said last time I didn't want to get off on a tangent, but that's, that street was donated by the property owners to the city. What updates have they done besides tar and gravel? I mean, you know, the infrastructure is poor there, to be perfectly honest. There needs to be updates. And there is a huge safety concern. 
That place is busy, very busy, congested. And to think that we're going to bring in a, maybe a triplex or a bigger complex there, it's crazy, absolutely crazy. To me, it should be green space. At least in Carroll, if there's a new development, they have to set aside so much land of that new development for parks and recreation. I think Lakeview needs to look at that, that ordinance as well. It's fitting. Dean is building, uh, you know, with his new development, there needs to be green space for our kids there. Anybody else? <clears throat> Now's your time. Close the public hearing. Council need to approve or deny with a motion to the <clears throat> rezone or not. I'll make a motion. We take the advice of the planning attorney. I'll second it. Roll call. So the, the motion is then to de, to uh, deny the request. Okay, motion is to deny. And uh, Waltman? Yes. Moeller? Yes. Toms? Yes. Reese? Yes. Do you guys still want to go with the other rezone or let it go? Okay. Thank you. We'll note that then that your request has been withdrawn. Okay, Ordinance 513, the second reading of the pertaining to parking. Anything else, Chief? Where do you go? He was here, wasn't he? Yeah. Anything on Horseshoe Drive? Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Everybody's going to go, so we'll just wait. Thank you very much. I got a question on horseshoe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You need some no parking signs yet. Otherwise, I think it works. But this weekend again, they were on both sides. Right, of the we can't do that until we pass the ordinance. Oh, okay. Well, it still needs yeah, something. Yeah, right, right. We, we You're Dean, and I see you working on it. Whenever we get the ordinance in place. Then it has to public, and then the signs oh, okay. will go up. So okay. another couple weeks. Yep. Anything we need to do different? No, we uh, uh, since last uh, council meeting, I met with the citizen. We made a quick adjustment to uh, the parking, uh, just the area-wise. Um, on the the inner with the horseshoe, everything looks good. Okay. So he was satisfied with the adjustment. Yes, he was. Okay. Good. Okay, we need a second reading. We have a motion to approve that. So moved. Second? Awesome. <coughs> Roll call. Walton? Yes. Reese? Yes. Moeller? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Can we have a motion we waive the third, third, yeah, third reading? And I'll second it. Okay, so this would be to waive the third, third reading and finally approve ordinance number 513. Roll call. Walton? Yes. Moeller? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Reese? Rick? Yes. Isn't there one more we have to do? Nope. That, this time we got we got them all done. Okay. And we'll get the signs ordered. <clears throat> okay, we have to prove the fiscal year end financial report. Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> to start on page fifteen. And Really, all the, that the council is asked to do is, is to approve the, the June financial report, but of course that's the end of the fiscal year. So let's go through the end of the fiscal year 
uh, financial report. Just a few notes on this. You see what the the balance of the of the general fund is there at six hundred thirty nine thousand. So um, substantial balance uh, balance there. Um, and then the other ones that I that I wanted to note are our water, sewer, and electric. That all of the utility funds end up in a positive balance <coughs> position, and we we're we're doing. Uh, all right with with that and the uh, the sewer fund continues to to raise enough revenues to to pay that large amount of debt service down in the capital funds at the end of the year uh, we do lots of transfers and for fire department and for the historic preservation and for the library what we have done is is transferred their remaining uh, budgeted amounts to their capital funds so, see, in the fire department, there was 10,768 transferred. So, into their capital fund, which has historically then been used to save up for for portions of trucks, there at 25,000. Um, several lines down, you see the economic development fund. At uh, then the balance is at 14.5. We we did transfer 25,000 dollars into that uh, last year. It was done just done earlier in the year. And then, and then for this current year that we're in, there's another twenty-five thousand dollars. Then that goes to that also. There's transfers for the uh, for the shelter house project and for the cabin project. We zeroed out the shelter house project, and and uh, the cabin project is uh, needed some extra funds then to to finish that one out. Also, has come from the general fund. And just a couple of equipment things about this dump truck set aside. You'll see the value there, $124,000. And then we started to save some funds for the street sweeper, which would be one of our next bigger purchase. It started with the first $15,000 this year. Up to the top of page 16, and this is uh, this is always a little problematic about the street construction fund. Transferred enough money into the street construction fund, so at least it's not negative now. But you see there's uh, no substantial balance in the in the street construction fund. It would be uh, just the budgeted funds that were uh, allocated for this current year. But we are looking to do a, uh, a street project of, of some type, likely would be <coughs> next summer. Okay, of course those sewer, water, and revenue debt funds, those are, are just funds that uh, we put money into every month so that we know there's money there to pay the debt service at the end of the year. And then also you see the balance of, of the electric improvement fund there, 176. Okay, that's not the entire amount of the electric improvement fund. If you'd go down into the the one that says funds Iowa Iowa State uh, Iowa State bank account, you'd see the the remainder of it there, 310,000 that we continue to save for our uh, rainy day fund for for the electric utility. Any any questions? Page eight, 18 and 19 is a uh, is a budget recap that shows where we ended up on on uh, all of the expense items then for the year. Same thing that's presented to you then every month. What I'm going to end up asking the council to do is to approve that that financial report. But then also um, on page 20, there's this resolution that lists all of these transfers that were made, and we need to have the council authorize uh, those transfers. So. Uh, we would ask to approve the report and then also to approve that resolution. We'll have a motion to approve the fiscal year end financial report. So moved. Second? I'll second. Roll call. Roller. <coughs> yes. Tom. Yes. 
Waltman. Yep. Reese. Yes. Okay, we need a motion on 2130 to transfer the funds. So second. I'll second it. Roll call. Waltman. Yes. Reese. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Toms. Yes. And we have to do the annual exam again? Yeah, every, every year. It's annual. Um, we did send out eight RFPs, and we got one RFP back again. And actually, I sent it out this, this year. I sent it out for the, this year and next year for two years. Um, seeing if we can engage anybody in a two-year deal. Um, Feldman has, has uh, um, submitted their proposal. Again, you see what the costs are. And they do would propose then to do the the work for the next two years, forty two hundred dollars this year, forty three hundred dollars next year, um, and then after that we've been on a cycle where we would still do a full audit, audit every four years, and then after that it would be time for another full full audit. We need a motion to approve Felman and Company. Second. Okay. Roll call. Waltman. Yep. Moeller. Yes. Tom's. Yes. Reese. Yes. Okay, we need a motion to purchase the dump truck. What was the price? 89. What's the 89. 89. 89. They weren't backing down. I'll make it. Terry Moe. Second. second. I'll second. Just my. Roll call. We <laughs> <laughs> save for it. <laughs> That's a good truck, and you need to find a good truck for all right, Reese. Yes. Waltman. Yep. Tom. Yes. Moeller. Yes. Administrator report. Yeah, a couple, couple things. Uh, first of all, a really good news and reminder is that we have that Evaco ribbon cutting, and that's tomorrow at twelve thirty. And for those who can attend, well, we got the golden shovels out by the back door. We'll get get her all ready to go. Um, if you wear your blue, your blue Lakeview shirts tomorrow. Did we paint the shovels blue? They're uh, gold, John. Oh. <laughs> I think they're tomorrow, gold. I think that was Thursday. What's Thursday? Thursday is uh, great, great places. places. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Twelve thirty tomorrow, though, is when they will they will do that. So if we can just be out to Evapco a few minutes before twelve thirty, a couple of things related to that Evapco project about doing the water main work out there. Um, we had, had given you those plans at the uh, last week at the meeting. The plans uh, went out for competitive quotes then to uh, local contractors especially. So we're doing competitive quotes on that. Quotes uh, would be due by July 29th. It all turns around here real quick. And then council would take action on that at the first meeting in, in August with the completion date of the, uh, uh, of the water work to be October 1st. Okay, this does not do anything about bidding out the mile long worth stretch worth of, of water, but this does all of the work on the Evap, uh, the Evap, uh, Evapco uh, campus. Have you heard anything back from that government assistance? Yeah, I met with them again um, last week, and it's the notice of funded activity statement still has not come out, but we are preparing everything to be ready for that to happen. To request it. Yeah. You bet. Um, a little bit on uh, Evapco and and their power situation out there. When they build this, when they build the new building, um, the the south side or the front side of the building comes a little further south than where their their existing building comes. Okay, 
our electric power comes straight out of the front of that building and goes straight to the west. So basically, when they build this new building, it covers up part of that, that line. So we need to explore some alternatives about getting that line moved out there uh, for them so that uh, they can proceed with their with their construction. But any anything on that, Jeff? <clears throat> well, I'm hoping to hear back from DGR again tomorrow because I asked for some of their opinion on what I should propose to do there. How far how far is that that we'd have to move? The only answer they gave me was the corner of their footprint of their building is going to be where the wire is. They plan on taking four foot of fill off. We are relatively four foot to five foot deep. But I was always under the understanding from the very get-go that they were going to have the footprint of their building flush to the other building, which would have never caused this problem. And then all of a sudden, well, we have four or five meetings, never was brought up, and then last Monday it got tossed out at me. Oh, the wire's in the way. Last Monday is the first you knew that it's two buildings? Yeah, I mean, first I knew that they moved the footprint of the new building out past the footprint of the old building. Oh, farther to Well, I was always oh. under the assumption that they were they're going to stay in line. To each other, yeah. I see. Okay. And if that would have been the case, then it would is not Is there a issue. reason they did that? Do you know? Nobody gave me an answer. I mean, I only talked to Randy right. last Monday. or No, actually, I talked to him Friday. I found out Monday from their electrician. He brought it what would you Their think? electrician brought it to my attention. None right. of the rest of them did. Brett sat in here in a meeting and never said a word about it. So I was a little shell-shocked, I would say. What do you think our costs are going to be? Right. Well, I asked Scott about this earlier today. In our ordinances, if there's existing power, they pay to move it. Yeah, I, I think it's a conversation that, you know, maybe they're not, I mean, I would think the engineers would be aware, but, um, you know, it is a deviation, so. so. I'm waiting to hear back from DGR tomorrow or, you know, tomorrow at the earliest. They're having South Dakota State uh, Fair right now, so they've got their guys there. So yeah. I actually, well, we I talked to Jared, yeah. and Jared actually answered me and called me back. But well, and we certainly want to work with the Evapco, but we're spending a lot of money on that water line, you know. So well, and um, if we do the loop feed, and we're looking at probably more than twenty thousand dollars just in the addition of that transformer that we're putting in there and they're not putting that in. Yeah, exactly. So they're, I mean, we're, we're talking a lot of money in electric that we're putting in also. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Well, we'll just have to wait and get their take on it. Yeah. Maybe somebody that's looking, from the East Coast will be there tomorrow. tomorrow. They have some engineering. Well, I think Scott needs, Scott and the mayor need to at least. We'll talk with them. Yeah, yeah, we'll, talk. We'll, we'll figure out what's, what's involved with that. Uh, and like Jeff Jeff's saying, we're going to put a, we're going to end up with a loop feed in there at some point, and we want to do stuff, anything that we can now to prepare for that we, while this is happening too. We, so. we didn't have to do that loop feed right up front, but the engineer said if we're going to have a contractor here doing some of our other stuff, it's probably feasible to do it right away. But he wanted to see it down the road for sure because having a big company like that, you don't want to leave them 
on a radial feed where you can potentially lose them for a day or two or something, you know, that'd be detrimental to them. Yeah. No, a couple, uh, just a couple uh, other things. Um, the corral would would like to uh, have a street dance, and this would be this Saturday night. And they talked, Tammy talked to me on the street here a week or two ago, and I didn't get it on the council agenda. And we but, have a big lot of trouble with this. Fifteen years ago. Yeah, I mean, 50, yeah, fifteen years ago. The one that they had last September, Chief. I mean, anything. Last October. Yeah. No problems. I don't know why we wouldn't let them do it again. Not a problem. It, uh, so what is, is it that the band will be outside though? Uh-huh. Yeah. But their street block, uh, block, blocking patterns, same thing they always do, that they would basically only block that half block so that uh, you still have access through the ATM drive. So does it increase our liability? <clears throat> I mean, I realize any street event increases our liability. It's just that the alcohol thing. I mean, we had the same thing with sip and sample, and just yeah. And, and they've done, you know, they've done the bag tournaments out there. They've yeah. done. We just we had a big issue, not with them, but just. And that's why we we. Last year, didn't the weather play a big? Something played a big issue. In yeah, they. Uh, had much of a. Was yeah. it? It was like in, in October. <laughs> Well, we want to work with any business we got downtown. Yeah, we do. So I don't, just, I don't see a yeah. problem. I mean, I, I would, and I, I told them I'm fine with it. I mean, um, you know, I've already talked, I've already spoken with my officers about it, and they're well aware of it that's going on next Saturday. Um, I'm in town. If anything else comes arise, and I can always come out and assist, we're needed. Um, but I, I think, you know, I... You know, if we're looking at a potential busy weekend again with Ragbri, um, right. up in Sac, you know, and, and if we could do anything to boost their business or any other business on Main Street, I'll be more than happy to help them out and, and do what we can do on our part to, to assist them. Okay, thank you. Uh, just my, my last thing would just be a little bit of a lagoon update. Also, we had told you that uh, John Healy was coming out to to dig some larger holes there on the south side, and we're watching for infiltration. Okay, so he dug two holes on the south side, and, and there is infiltration into these, into these larger holes. He dug one hole on the east side, okay? And that hole, so at least the hole on the east side is dry. So, well, you know, no, uh, no issue as you're over there. Can you go through the testing on that then, Dean, where, where we're um, on that then? The... It seems the west hole that we dug, which would have been in the area of the first set of leaks, um, it was higher concentration of E. coli than the larger one that we've been focusing on lately. Um, I can't explain why. It just was higher. Um, so John's going to come and dig that to see if and there's water running into it just to see is there a little bit where it's coming from that's what this next phase of digging is just to kind of maybe get an idea he's going to dig in there quite quite a ways um, the engineer from what John told me the engineer said that can go up to as long as we don't go past like six eight feet 
from the original or the lagoon water as it sits right now, we should be fine. So we can kind of dig in there a little bit to see where it's coming from. You know, try to locate. It. And the solution would be to add more um, that material to that area then. Or we're not um, sure. If you can find out where the leak is coming from, you'll kind of narrow it down. Um, I don't know if he's going to put in bentonite in there when he puts it all back, or if he's going to just put the clay back in there. Because that area of the berm was checked, right? That that area, <coughs> I mean, that whole south side was all redone. Mm -hmm. um, the, the testing by uh, team services, I don't know if they, when they were testing it, uh, this last time if they went back towards the original area. Yeah, I don't believe so, but you're right that the whole south side has been reconstructed. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Wait and see. Yep. Before we go, the, I think we had a pretty good water carnival, and I think every city department did a good job, and every employee I saw did a good job, and I want to thank you. Can I say something on that really quick? Yes. So, Obviously, this was my first water carnival here, um, and I just wanted to say how pleased uh, me and uh, my officers are of how the community pulled together. They put on a great water carnival, and um, how responsible everybody was. Um, I noticed Saturday night we had we had probably triple the crowd we had Friday night, and we had so many people uh, with EDs, and, and everybody was just responsible and was looking out for each other. I think that just goes to show how great of a community we have, and um, you know I'm very happy to be here and, and, and look forward to many more water carnivals. Well, and I will tell you that Saturday night I was working that bingo thing, um, you know, um, and I had a request to have one of the officers maybe stop by, you know, and see how we were going to handle moving some of that. Mm -hmm. um, and Brad was right there, so yep. you know, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. Motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Second. Meeting adjourned.